Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 97.1 FM Talk Podcast. Well, it's only Tuesday, but let's point toward Friday because yes. not only do we have a rear and round table at 3 o'clock, we're going to be on the road. Our Fish Fry 24 tour begins at Incarnate Word off of Olive, just west of 141 on Olive. This Friday afternoon, the whole team will be out there. Sue, Fred, Abby, I'm sorry, wait a second. Sue, the Hall of Famer. Thank Abby, you. Abby, that's more you. like it. Thank yeah, you. and Jane Duker, thank you. For, I'm, I just got to get in the practice. Yeah, I haven't yeah. really um, been, been good at that. So it's going to be a lot of fun. Come see us. Come heckle. Say hi. And, um, you know, truth be told. Don't invite the, people to heckle. I don't want to be heckled. <laughs> well, just Jane. Oh. Not well, us. Well, I don't want that either. Yeah, well, it, it, she can handle it. She's a big okay. girl. She can handle it. But the food is also something yes. that we're interested in, right? Yeah. good fish fries last year for sure. Okay, a couple things that I just wanted to touch on quickly. Um, hang on a second here because I have some audio that goes along with that. Do you, I didn't want to say what I was doing. Do you know if she, if she just put that piece of audio in that I was requesting, can you have her point out where it is? Because I can't see it right now. First story, Fred, you'll like this one. Yesterday, I uh, put a little shopping list together. I, and I don't always do this on, on Amazon. Uh, usually Becky gets the stuff from Prime, right? Okay. But I, I'm capable of going in there and like these readers that I have on right now yeah. and the little uh, microfiber things for my, you know, for my to glasses. To clean them. I'll order those every once in a while. So I went in yesterday and I um, I needed something. And here's what I ordered. These were the three things. Uh, it was <laughs> shampoo and conditioner, uh-huh. like a two-pack, Tresemme, just in case you wanted to know. Okay. Uh, some deodorant. And apparently that was like in a four-pack. I have trouble buying it at, at Target and Walmart. Can't seem to. It's a Menon's uh, Ocean Surf, very particular oh, scent. See. Didn't I want see. something else. And then Gel? Do- Gel? It's not a gel. Okay. No, it's not a gel. Yeah, I'm it's, not um, convinced the gels are as quite as what, good. What would you call that? It's like that. No, I'm not. I'm not a big gel fan. Yeah. No, I don't like that. I mean, it's great. It doesn't make you get the white stuff everywhere, but I'm not convinced. So the third thing was duct tape. <laughs> oh, so well. Think about all suspect. those three things. So then, thank you. Uh-huh. So my wife texted me, and because she can see, it's under her account, right? She said, "What is the duct tape for?" <laughs> yeah. My response was. Well, I'm planning on murdering someone, <laughs> not you, and I needed to hide the body. Yeah. Or And you wanted their hair to smell good. Right, right. Sure. Or I need to wrap a this is so goofy, but I'm just gonna admit it. I need to wrap a towel with the duct tape to use it as a golf swing tool, which is the truth. <sighs> and she, her response was that that's what I was on the on the death part, she said that's what I was thinking, you need the shampoo to clean up. 
I said, yeah. And the deodorants <laughs> to cover up my smell. I didn't order any rubbing alcohol or bleach, but I should have gotten that with the order as well. So that's one thing that we I We better hope to those texts are never found. I know, right? That's yeah, what yeah. I... No, what's funny about that, Fred, is as soon as I said that, I said, delete this text string. <laughs> so I knew that. Um, I have this running through my head. So if you kind of catch me, Sue and Fred might catch me humming Mamma Mia oh. because I'm going to the Fox tonight. I'm taking Alexa Reardon as my date. She's very excited about it. Yeah, the music it's great, right? So I, yeah. I'm walking into the studio today, and you know Leah, who produces for Annie, yeah. is out there where, where Abby is right now. And Leah and I don't know each other real well, but we, we see each other every day, and we, we talk a little bit. And I said, I'm very excited. I'm going to Mama Mia with my daughter. She looks at me. She goes, wait, you're going to Mama Mia? I'm like, yeah, why does that surprise you? And she was just thrown off by the notion that I would go see a musical at the Fox, huh. to which I responded, yeah, I go to a lot of musicals. And she said, you seem like such a tough guy. I'm like, <laughs> Well, first of all, have you ever met me? <laughs> Apparently not. But no, I, I explained to Leah that I can get in touch with my feminine side. And something was funny. Here's what's funny my wife hates musicals. Oh, that's I mean, funny. she can. So I'm, you know, yeah, I'm kind of. It's your job, really. There, the there have been, there's been more than one occasion. And I'd have to think of the, uh, the what was the one movie with, uh, with Johnny Depp that was. The musical that was real weird from several years ago. Oh, but this I happened with Dreamgirls too. Remember when they made Dreamgirls oh, in yeah. a movie with Eddie Murphy? Oh, yeah. So we sit down. I remember this one because we're at Creep Core Theater, and they break into song pretty early. Yeah. And she leans over. She goes, "I didn't know this was a musical." <laughs> <laughs> You're in for a long two hours. And that has happened several times um, over the course of our relationship. And then I wanted to just kind of mention this briefly here because last night I was, I don't know how to confront this. I honestly, I need to see a shrink. I already have a shrink, so I need maybe to talk with with Dr. Smith or I need a, she's a psychiatrist, I need a psychologist. I like Larry David. I've watched every episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm multiple times because it's one of those shows I go back to the well on quite a bit. Mm -hmm. I had not started the 12th and final season until last night. Holy crap, did they all look old. I almost oh. turned it off. Susie Essman, Jeff Garland, Larry looks like... Wait. No, I'm, I'm talking Joe you, Biden old. That's how old mean, they look. You were are going to turn it off because they look old? Yes. What does that even mean? <laughs> I was uncomfortable with seeing all these characters that I've come to love look like they're the president of the United States. Uh, I'm telling you, it was kind of jarring. You know, we wow. haven't seen them in several years. I do not... This is why I need the psychiatrist. I know. Or that the sounds like a therapy session. I yes. am not... I'm not even, like, I don't even like the words that starts with a six, 60. I'm not yes. even there. I'm a year, but uh, I don't like the whole aging thing. Yeah. I don't like thinking about it. I don't like, you know, death. I don't like any of this stuff. And I don't mm. like seeing old people, okay? Which is maybe why well, I'm uncomfortable gonna with Biden. Well, that's going to be a problem. And, uh, it is a problem, Sue. Uh, I'm yes. just telling you, mentally, I'm really struggling You were here. affected by you know, how old they look so much. Mark, yes. you know, if, I'm mainly affected by how old I look. I just want you to know, but well, it, it kind of, I absorb it through the television and think, wait a second, I recognize, I think, at those moments that I'm getting older oh, and I nearing see. death in Joe Biden's stage, even though I'm maybe decades away from that. I think you've got that. a ways. You don't I'm know just those, kidding. I, d- I you do. Just don't I think know. if you ignore it, it'll go away, Mark. <laughs> There you go, psychiatrist anyway. Fred. Hey, he's in the Hall of Fame. You hey, have to go I, I, Not for I, psychiatry. Outside of the the issues that I had with the aging of Larry David and the cast, it wasn't that good. I'm oh, very disappointed in the first two episodes, unfortunately. Is he going to bring Cheryl back in the final season well, just for a little question. bit? That is you a know, good question. You know, she's married to RFK. She, I kind yes. of forgot about that. Yeah, Cheryl she's Hines adorable. is married to RFK Jr. Yes, and when you see them in, in a podcast or together, it's just kind okay, of adorable. Okay, but she's... Um, 
I know you kind of like RFK Jr. She is about as lefty cuckoo as the rest of my. Well, that's Hollywood. why it's interesting to watch them together. Well, anyway, yeah. go ahead. I do like Cheryl as an actress. Yeah, she's go. adorable. Oh, that's the wrong thing there. Can't do that one. And my point was, she doesn't look old. I guess you, if you go back, well, just uh, no, she doesn't look old. No, so but that should make you feel better. If she was in point. this season, would she look old soon? <laughs> no, she wouldn't. I don't really know. These allegations are deeply concerning. Does the president have any comment? We're not going to comment. It's not clear messaging. No, 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 no. And now, Sue's News, sponsored by Mr. Appliance, speedy expert service, MrAppliance.com. Super Bowl 58 averaged 123.4 million viewers, making it the most watched Super Bowl ever. Ever. Uh, last year's Chiefs Eagles game set the previous record, which was 115 million. So a lot of people into the Super Bowl. I On wonder the, so, why. Uh, yeah, so 8 million more than last year. Yeah, that's, Look, I think uh, it's a combo a deal. A lot of people are crediting uh, Tay-Tay, but I think it's a combo deal. You had the Chiefs are a great story. You have some of the biggest celebrities outside of Taylor Swift. Let's say Taylor Swift was not a part of the Super Bowl. Right. I still think they would have broke a record. Would they have broke a record by 8 million? Yeah, uh, maybe that, that's not. That's actually a good question. But the other thing that helps the ratings is that people hung in there. If the second half was, you know, as low as the first half, I don't oh. know if it would have averaged out that much. <laughs> that's really true. Uh, music on this one. On this day in history, 63 years ago in 1961, this song by Neil Sedaka peaked. I love, I love, I love my calendar girl. You notice no one's ever remade this song, though. Girl, they have they? No. I love, I love, I love my calendar girl. That's why I'm each and every day of a year. Yeah. I do like a little uh, I, Neil Sedaka every once in a while. You know. Am I embarrassed to say that I was a big Neil Sedaka? No, it's no, okay, Fred. No, I think that's great. There's nothing wrong with that. He's Is that kind my of softer a, side? He's a, he's a great songwriter, and his daughter... Um, is a singer as well. I think in commercials and that sort of thing. Yeah. Is yeah. he still kicking or not? Yeah, he's still with oh, us, I that. believe so. Anyway, this was the number four song. I bet he looks better than Larry David, ago. if I had to guess. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and then, in 42 years ago today, I bring this up because I'm wondering, I bet. Mark, were you at this show, too? At uh, the uh, Checker Dome? In 1982, Loverboy, working I for the saw weekend, because I was. I don't think I was at that show. I very well could have oh. been, but I, I know I saw Loverboy, but I'm pretty sure I saw them outdoors, Bush Stadium, at a Super Bowl. Oh, gym. I did not see them. So, I saw them at, yeah. Very at the well could have been at this show, uh, at the Checker Dome. years ago. But That's crazy. We won't think about that. Mike, um, what's his name? Mike Reno? Yeah. He weighs about 480 pounds these days. Well, that's a lot. Him? Yeah. That's a wonder Big he guy. can move. <laughs> That's well, roundabout, Sue. I'm just kind of guessing there. I'll look it up and just see what he looks like. According to a poll by CandyStore.com, 47% of Americans will buy themselves some chocolate on Valentine's Day, which <laughs> is tomorrow. Have you done any shopping for this sort of thing, Fred? Are you a Valentine's Day uh, person? You know, we're not Valentine's Day observers. Yeah, so I understand this. Did you buy some chocolate for yourself? <laughs> no, but I'll look for some around here. Uh-huh. <laughs> Abby, are you delving into the chocolate world for Valentine's Day? I sure am. I'm a big fan of Reese's Shapes, so the oh. hearts this year. Oh, awesome. But Mark? also, Easter I, eggs you know, are out. So. I love are chocolate. they? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, I love chocolate. Were you gonna buy I some? hate Valentine's Day, but I love chocolate. I was going to say, so. you could get some for yourself. I might do that. Uh, they looked at the most popular Valentine's Day candy in all 50 states, and, of course, two types dominated. Number one... 
This is the number one uh, Valentine's Day chocolate in Missouri, heart-shaped boxes of chocolate. And that is their number one in 14 states and D.C. Number two, conversation hearts. <sighs> Not a big fan. You mean those wah, ones that have wah. like the little messages yes. and stuff? Yeah. No. Be kind of mine or whatever, the yeah. chalky ones. Number no, three, that's, that's yeah, so 1970s. Uh, Come on, Hershey. They don't, they don't taste good. No. Number three, Hershey's Kisses. Number four, M and M's. Uh, five is chocolate hearts, and six is chocolate roses. Hmm. I just, I don't know. Two states prefer a candy that didn't rank first anywhere else. Okay, candy necklaces in Alabama. I, how is that <laughs> Valentine's Day? You know the kind where you got right. you pick one off. <laughs> And this is just bizarre. Cupid corn in Michigan. It's candy corn, but it's red, pink, and white. Oh, my gosh. Oh, these people have problems. Oh, Jane Duker <laughs> would be ordering that right now. Oh, well, I'm, that's why I'm doing it now instead of Friday. <laughs> I don't want to eat any of that. Tiger Woods finally unveiled his new apparel company. He released a new video on X or Twitter or whatever it is last night. The new line will be called Sunday Red, and it will officially launch on May 1st. Have you seen this, Mark? I wondered if you were going to buy any Tiger wear. I do like Tiger Woods stuff, but, I mean, this is because he got away from the Nike deal yes. finally, and he's doing his own thing. So yeah. I haven't seen it yet, though. Here's what it says. It's going to bring, quote, a new and elevated standard to performance wear and luxury lifestyle fashion. That's perfect for you. I would think that Tiger's going to probably do it right. I, I really oh, I would agree. That. Yeah. I would agree. Uh, Sunday Red will eventually have a women and children's line and some shoes. Okay, the new logo looks like a tiger in motion. Have you seen it at all, Fred? No. Uh, I, you you ought to look it you, up. It's you understand or you do not understand the, the name of the company. What? You get, you get the Sunday reference? Red. Yeah, because yeah. they wore red. red. And well, I, just, I don't know how much you wear golf, but oh, yes, no, watch I golf. Watch the golf. Uh, he's now in business with TaylorMade, and his TW logo does not seem to be in use any longer. So that is so Nike's not even using it. Period. I, I guess they can't. That's interesting. Like, yeah, it is. Because I love that logo. I kind of cool thought logo. it was cool. A turbulence forecasting company called Turbly. That's <laughs> I right. Get into that business. Turbly. <laughs> it just released a list of the most turbulent airline routes in the world. Now, uh, a person who doesn't like to fly like Abby would be interested in this. I am. Uh, no U.S. routes made the top ten, Abby, but they did bring up the most turbulent route in North America. It is the 442-mile flight randomly between Nashville and Raleigh-Durham. They say in second place is Charlotte, North Carolina to Pittsburgh. Now, wow. four of the ten bumpiest routes involve North Carolina, so just watch out if you're going there. Most turbulent airport is Portland, Oregon. Denver is second, followed by Vegas. Uh, they say that probably it's because turbulence is worse over mountain ranges and at airports near water. Yeah, I mean, the worst turbulence I've ever experienced has always been over Colorado. Is that right? Yes. I haven't flown over Colorado in a while. Um, so just so you know, that's where the worst ones are. Sue's News brought to you by Mr. Appliance Speedy Expert Service. If you need service on your appliance, go to MrAppliance.com. Finally, at Sue's News, we have today's random fact. Abby, do you even know the game Twister? Yes, of course. Uh, oh, okay. The game Twister became popular after being featured on The Tonight Show with Johnny Carson. I did not know this. Hmm. It was played by Johnny and Eva Gabor on May 3rd, 1966, and it just blew up from there. 
I had no idea. And that's it for Sue's News. That's a great random fact. She's on a roll this week with random facts for sure. <laughs> Thank you, Sue Thomas. We'll do it again tomorrow. Brian Kilmeade is coming up next. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. You know, we're kind of taking a look at this case. I think it's an important case to um, make sure that people who did not work in the city, in downtown in particular, don't have to pay the earnings tax from the COVID years. Mark Milton, who's a tax attorney and accountant, always a great guest here on this show, is going to be with us tomorrow. He's taking that. Actually, he'll be with us tonight and tomorrow because he is going to represent um, non-residents of the city challenging the city's refusal to issue those refunds for teleworking during the pandemic. They're, the city's going to lose this case, and that has financial implications all around when it comes to safety, et cetera. And we're going to talk about that with Mark in the next hour. Also, Matt Pauley's down in Jupiter. Pitchers and catchers report tomorrow. I have some good Adam Wainwright audio that I'll share with you this afternoon as well. Right now, it's Brian Kilmeade. You heard him this morning on 97.1 FM Talk. How are you this afternoon, Brian? Oop, do we have you? I cannot hear him. I hear something there, but I cannot hear Brian. So we'll see if we can get that back on the line. Abby, is he punched in or is it just the, the line? I'm testing one, two. Brian, are you there? He's not there. Uh, the other thing I should talk about in the next hour is Joe Kotkin is going to be here, presidential fellow in urban futures at Chapman University. He's the executive director of the Urban Reform Institute. I talked about this a little bit at the beginning of the show, and I kind of framed around this um, this comment from Tucker Carlson where he said, and I think it's important. He, he said, look, wh what, what do you have when you look at cities across the world, and they may be, I think this somehow could get a little misinterpreted, but you have communist regimes, you have communist cities that are clean, and they're safe. You look at American cities, they're not. I offered the example of my niece, who's in Seattle right now, and we had breakfast with her on Sunday morning. We said, hey, how's Seattle? Expecting, oh, man, it's awesome. And it was the exact opposite. And the reason was is because she didn't feel safe. She can't walk to work, which she wanted to walk to work so she wouldn't have to pay for parking. She said the homeless encampments are just out of control. Oh, man. And then we asked about, you know, what about the subway? Can you take the subway? Well, that wasn't safe either. So I do think that this is an issue that needs to be talked about, which is why we're having Joel on in the next hour. I don't understand why American city mayors Let don't understand happen. that the responsibility should be to their own citizens. Now, you're Correct. seeing Eric Adams and Brandon Johnson kind of maybe <laughs> um, have a little bit more attention because people are so angry about their parks being taken over, their schools being taken over, et cetera. In fact, I think we got Mr. Kilmeade back on the line. Brian, are you there? 
Hello, I'm right here. Hey, sorry about that. I don't know what happened, but one of the things I heard you, I was just talking about some of the things that are happening with immigration in other American cities, and I think I even heard you on the couch earlier talking about how are they taking over some soccer fields, et cetera, in New York for migrants? Is that what I heard? Yeah, the city, yeah, New York City has no fields. So what they did is they converted this island that goes back to, you know, when the British occupied it. It's called Randall's Island. They actually used to have uh, some international games there, and they just redid the whole thing. Cost took 10 years. And my brother has actually got the contract to put the fields in. And these fields are nonstop use, literally 20 hours. Uh, so this is the only place for kids to play. And in fact, when you play the Manhattan team, so people can just picture New York. So upstate New York looks like Iowa. And uh, suburban, the average suburban, Long Island looks like the average suburban community. And uh, when you go to play in the city, you go to Randall's Island. And it's literally an island. And the whole thing is full of maybe 20 fields. It is all filled with legal immigrants to the point these kids have nowhere to play. And every club team, whether it's uh, baseball or soccer especially, that's an away game now. So you just told a bunch of 10, 9, 10-year-old kids, a lot of these people don't even have cars. So then they got to go travel upstate New York, over to Long Island. They don't have any home games. How is that fair? You're going for a state cup. You're going to... Uh, showcases, you're nine years old, you want your parents to be able to see you play, can't do it because illegal immigrants have to go on turf. Do you believe these idiots? It's amazing, and I know, and I used some of the audio that, that you guys shared on Fox earlier today and this morning from Lakewood, Colorado, where there's citizens that are, you know, they're trying to do a bit of a preemptive strike on some of this stuff because they th- they see things spiraling out of control. They go up there, they protest all this, and their city council still votes to put in this new center, which could house migrants in the future. So I think you see a lot of pushback in American cities. I'm not so sure the politicians are responding appropriately at this point. You know, you don't think. I mean, a lot of it, for example, in Nassau County, the Nassau County executive of Long Island will not be informed by the federal government that planes are arriving with illegal immigrants. Uh, so they arrive at odd times with federal officials on it. You know, only the air traffic controllers know it. And then they have NGOs like Catholic Charities who get paid from the federal government to take care of these kids on an interim basis and place them into schools and into low-income housing or into shelters. And next thing you know, the teacher works in the class and they go, you have four more kids there in the back. And if you complain, you're going to get moved. You know, and, and the unions who... If they wanted to have any positive use and actually go to bat for teachers and for kids, you would say, I'm not going to stand for this. These teachers don't know three languages. They can't just slow down their kids for these three kids from other countries. They don't have a reason to even be here. This is not, uh, you know, they have to, then they need special services. There's other kids that are now without getting special services. And what they do is they put them into, as we have been over this with you guys, they put them into working class areas. They don't put them into Beverly Hills. They don't put them into uh, elite Manhattan institutions. They put them into working class areas where they don't have a politi- lot of political clout. And next thing you know, they're just absorbed in and everyone's supposed to suffer because of it. And just please tell me how that's right. No, it's not right. And by the way, I, I just looked this up. I hadn't looked at Bill Malusian's uh, Twitter today. And this is rather stunning. It seems to happen every day. This is from just a couple hours ago. Per CBP source, Border Patrol San Diego sector apprehended 269 Chinese nationals who illegally crossed yesterday. More than 20,000 
Bill's reporting. Chinese nationals have now been encountered by the Border Patrol in fiscal 24 so far. And then he even says in a follow-up tweet, Brian, that a lot of those illegals are crossing in Jakumba. There's a small gap in the wall where the illegals come through, and he puts video up there from a couple of weeks ago. There's no effort to fill or fix that gap in the wall. So, you know, you want to talk about how it's the Republicans' fault here for not doing anything on the border. They're playing politics with this. How hard is it to fill a gap in a wall? They won't do it. It's all principle. And, you know, we're hearing these stories in Axios that Joe Biden is so mad at his people. Just tell these idiots you have private contractors. The wall guys go over there and you pay them. The money's already allocated to fix the wall and use the $653 million that's laying unused because Donald Trump couldn't finish before he left. And that was part of the deal to use it. And that's another 50 miles. So at the very least, fix your wall. Uh, Don't be so ridiculously stubborn. And it's a joke. When people say it doesn't work, it's not foolproof, but it slows down. It funnels. It stops. People want to go where the the least pattern of resistance is. And that's what this thing does. So also, you know, you have a a, you have a governor in Texas goes, I'm fixing it myself. You have a governor in uh, in California says, give me more gel. Well, that's a good point. On that front, you know, we haven't spoken since last week, and then Thursday happened, and Thursday was crazy, and here's the spin right now. He's done everything right. The other guy is insane. His opponent is not just losing his memory, he's also insane. If somebody asked me in the middle of the deposition, what year did your mom die? I go, I don't know, 2017, 2018, 2019, I don't know. Well, they have all the talking points coordinated right now, trying to make uh, Biden's mental cognitive disabilities the same as Trump right now. And I don't I don't think it's working. Brian, do you? No, I'm not taking my lead from them. Uh, and I don't think people need to take our, the lead from Mark Greer nor Brian Kilby. You're making your own opinions. And, you know, Trump, Trump speaks for an hour and a half. No one looks at him and goes and says, oh, wait a second. He's out of energy. No, they don't. You know, I don't like what he says. Right. Sometimes, you know, absolutely. But uh, once in a while gets a name flipped. OK, you got it. But no one ever says he doesn't have a mission. He doesn't have energy. He doesn't sit down for 45 minute interviews, two hour live uh, events, doing three in a day when he has to while sitting in court for four hours, while the stress that he's under is off the charts. You got a guy that puts a lid on it at noon. You have a vice president that doesn't do almost anything any day. And you have a president who can't do an interview. You know, he doesn't, he takes questions, doesn't take any questions. He might take them tomorrow, they said. Just did a bilateral, didn't know where to stand. So when you want to pretend that you don't like, well, you don't like what Donald Trump said about Nikki Haley, okay, uh, that's fine. But you can't say he is not vital. You can't say he doesn't have energy to do the job. You might not want him to do the job. But that just don't vote for them. But you're never going to get me to say that. You're never going to get me to say that they're both, uh, yeah, they're both roughly the same age, but they're both functioning at totally yeah. different Well, levels. look, even John Stewart did this last night. Allow me to present to you a one-man show <laughs> about what Joe Biden's advisors were doing when he turned around and went back to the podium. <laughs> the show is called No! Now, uh, he's back on The Daily Show, mainly because Trevor Noah is the most unfunny person that I've ever seen host a show like that. But he hit Trump pretty hard as well, which I'm fine with because he hits people sometimes from both sides. But it's it's laughable that they try to compare. There's a headline from NBC that I tweeted out earlier today that says Biden and Trump are both old. So why are voters keying in on only one of them? 
Uh, that's such a mystery. It's baffling. When you see this president every single day have another stumble, I almost have a little empathy for KJP, Brian, trying to spin this from the briefing room. I don't. Um, I, <laughs> well, I was being sarcastic. Because, number one, <laughs> I know you, because, you know, she doesn't even find out answers. Uh, like, she doesn't even find out answers. You know, one thing about uh, Kaylee McEnany, I talked to her, and she says, you know, I sit there, she used to sit there and call to every department before she went up, especially ones that she knows in, in the crosshairs. And then she'd have to sit there and say, what can I say and what can I say? What can I do here? What can I do? And then she would actually listen to it or what Donald Trump was talking four times a day. So she would change. That's tough. With her, she doesn't make any calls that I could tell. She, I don't even know if she's in the room when he's making policy. I don't know if anybody is. So she goes out there and she says things as if it's like not studying for an open book test. So would you see other people take the fire, but at least be prepared? Huckabee Sanders, Jen Psaki, they were prepared. You know, and Jen Psaki, to me, was almost setting policy. Uh, so she knew this stuff inside and out. So when you asked her questions, she's like, okay, this is what I was hope Biden would do. This is what we're eventually going to do. And so this is what I'm going to avoid saying, but I know the answer. So there's a difference between competence. And the other thing that what we're seeing over and over again, and people in small and big businesses are like, For those of you who might be extremely liberal and want to be politically correct, you are seeing an example of when you hire to check boxes instead of hiring for the best people. If there was a decent vice president, this this president would be able to have a very easy time to reelection if they picked the best vice president. Instead, they check boxes and you don't have a good secretary of defense who's responsible or vibrant or sets policy. You're checking boxes, if you ask me, as a four star general been a monstrous letdown he's been terrible and then you see over and over again you see his own staff protesting him in front of the white house because they don't like his policies because he picked people to check boxes not people that even like him or know him and when remember joe manchin said to me he said i went up to the president and i said you have put together the most left-wing cabinet in history you look at your staff he says they're the most diverse and he laughed. Of course. He goes, yeah. so what? Right. You need to get the job done. Are you crazy? Do you just be, if you have six feet of snow in your front of the yard, do you make sure the crew has got uh, um, plenty of women, plenty of men, plenty of Hispanics, plenty of blacks? You need the snow shoveled. Can, can we stop with the political correctness? Can this be the best example yet? Yeah, that's amazing. Uh, Brian Kilmeade with us this afternoon. Do you have anything set for One Nation on Saturday night? Wow, that's a good question. It's early. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's early. We got, uh, you know, we're zeroing in on Brian Kemp. I also uh, talked to somebody who's, uh, I'm going to uh, tape it early, and they do a big study on what makes a happy life. And believe it or not, for people listening, the best thing you could do percentage-wise for a happy life is get married. And uh, they said that they have proof, hardcore proof, that that's it. Uh, and we want, I'm going to put, uh, uh, put him front and center on uh, on Monday. And then we'll have some uh, surprises, including Rosanna Scotto, who spent a day with Mayor Adams and talked about the sanctuary city policy and where they went through all the homeless shelters, excuse me, the all the illegal immigration shelters and uh, talked to him about, uh, as a Democrat, how could you possibly rationalize, uh, rationalize this policy? And uh, she'll be with us. I know that for sure. 
Well, listen, have a great week. And this may, uh, as you probably recognize, be the last time that we speak together because if I screw up your show on Monday when you've been nice enough to invite me to host, we you may, you know, I might be off the list is what I'm saying. I'm going to do my best. I'm going to do my best, Brian. You'll do, you'll do fantastic. I just hope you have plenty of Viberin because you got to do your show too. No, I'm off because Odyssey gives us off on uh, President's Day. So I'm actually skipping my vacation, my holiday for you, Mr. Kilmeade. Just keep that in mind. For America. He's humbled. For America, exactly. Thank you, Brian. We'll see you. Fish Fry Friday is on the Mark Reardon Show. About to kick off this Friday as Lent begins. We're going to be at Incarnate Word Parish and School in Chesterfield, Missouri, off of Olive from 3 to 6 p.m. The whole team will be there. Abby, the Hall of Famer, Fred Bottomer. That's right. Or Bottenheimer, depending on how you pronounce it. And Sue will be out as well. We'll have a great time. Jane will be there, the whole roundtable panel. And we're just doing the whole show out there. So we look forward to seeing you hopefully on Friday. Hey, Attorney General Andrew Bailey just sent me a note here, and he tweeted this out. The um, An appellate court has now granted their motion to force Planned Parenthood to turn over documents relating to gender transition interventions that they performed on minors. So that, I think, is a really big deal. And along those lines, this is interesting. I almost missed this story. There was a male high jumper, Mael Jackis, or Jax, J-A-C-Q-U-E-S, who won a girls high school state title in New Hampshire this weekend. His winning jump was almost 10 inches lower than the boys winning height, but he was higher than the women. So in other words, can't compete against the men, but uh, you know, I'm going to smoke the women, right? So Martina Navratilova, to her credit, she's been very brave on this issue. And she just simply tweeted out, um, women's sports is not the place for mediocre male athletes who compete as women which is absolutely the case. So this is someone who won the New Hampshire Interscholastic Athletic Association Division II State Championship. That was a title that, in theory, was meant to go to a young woman. He's a sophomore, so he's got two more years to deny a young woman a spot on the high school team. That meet was held in Plymouth at Plymouth State University. He's competed in four regular season meets this season, has finished in first place every single time. Here's what Riley Gaines said. How could the, this is a great question. This is there's a part of me that really wants to ask people who are involved in this nonsense some serious questions just to see if I can understand the right. lunacy that's yeah. going through their mind. How could the parents of this boy allow their son to cheat deserving women yes. out of opportunities, right? And why don't the parents of the girls stand up and say no for their daughters? This country is full of failing, gutless mothers and fathers. Agreed. I, I'd like to address that because I think she's right about that. I I, I understand that people um, they are, they're afraid to say things because they don't want to get canceled, right? Of or they don't want to draw attention to themselves. But you've just got to be kidding. She even posted this Sadie Shriner. This was a, a track, um, a trans track star, <laughs> not star, but it was a biological male who's now running as a female in the 200 meter and clocked a time that was third fastest in Division Three in the nation in wow. the women's category. His time would rank 1,619th in his rightful category of the men's division. Oh, my god! 619th with men, third with women. This is, it's just disgusting. It's happening way too often. And, and here's the question that I always have, and it's a rhetorical question. You know who never covers stories like this? Sports journalism, whatever uh-huh. that might be. ESPN never nope. has this story. Now, no matter where you are on this issue— wouldn't you think it would be at least fair as a publication like mm-hmm. The Athletic, like because that's The New York Times, mm-hmm. like 
you know, the St. Louis Post-Dispatch. I've never, outside of Ben Hockman's column that he wrote after I challenged him about a dozen times to take a stand on this issue, and then he threw it in my face as if he was brave when he wasn't. He just quoted trans activists in the community. This right, and no aftermath. one else. Right, of course. So uh, how can I'd like to ask Ben Hockman at the Post, how can you think that— um, that's fair. And Ben, at one point, you know, asked me on the X formerly tour, well, what would you say if your, you know, if your daughter came home and said that they were in the wrong body? I'll tell you what I wouldn't say. I wouldn't say get hopped up on puberty blockers and cut your boobs off. Yeah. That's what I would not say. I know. And if we don't have ample information right now, and it seemingly comes through every single day, that this is a mental illness, yeah. then I, I don't know what to tell you at this point. But I think the tide is turning a little bit. Good for uh, Attorney General Bailey for keeping on top of all this stuff. The news is coming up. We're back for hour number three. Get more at 971talk.com. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 